This podcast is brought to you by Zotes Sunflower Seeds, the number one flavored sunflower seeds on the planet. Visit Zotes.com. Now, welcome to the Accidental Experience with Mark Comer. Hi, and welcome to another edition of the Accidental Experience. I'm Mark Comer. Sitting here with Jimmy Boy, who where are you where are you today? That's it's always kinda of like where's Jimmy? First place. I'm in Compton next to the beautiful Crystal Casino and Hotel. Mm. Do you like getting raped or mugged? Come to the Crystal Casino and Hotel. <laughs> that is a great promo. We need to we need yeah. to hit those guys up and see if uh, if they'll uh, buy that from us. Yeah, we need Stefan from Saturday Night Live. If you like Really hot places. Crystal Casino and Hotel has it all. <laughs> Rape, muggings, heroin, and Dan Cortez from MTV. Yeah. So. All right. So yes, that's, that's where I'm at. So you're going to get the uh, lunch buffet then this afternoon? Yeah. There. That sounds good. That's what they call it. Is that gay codes? Because I don't know what that's called, but uh, yeah, it's quite the deal out here. So. Well, good. Good luck with that. Lock your doors. And just Love look, it. look straight ahead. So we uh, so a lot going on in the last week, uh, week and a half. Um, you know, Prince. We didn't talk about this uh, because I was somewhere else, and we didn't. Uh, you know, I guess you were too busy that week to get the pod done. I don't know what happened, but right. No, it was all about me, and it usually is. Yeah, so, so I accept that. So what did what do you think about Prince? What 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 are well, your Jimmy Boy's opinion of Prince, the artist? Well, if you go back, and I know a lot of people just listen to the pods over and over and over sure. again. If you go back to when Bowie died, the last thing I say is now if Prince dies, then I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. And, and he died. Like, I don't want to say I jinxed it, but I think yeah. I might've killed Prince. Did you have to say that? That's all I'm asking. Did yeah. You have so let me open up your yeah. yap. Well, I'm always interested in what you have to say because you are, like me, very multicultural in the fact that you look at a Marcus Comer, a successful businessman, has scoured the earth looking for uh, people to help and things to do. <laughs> Some would say a conservative man, yet you know about Morrissey, which is everything that you don't believe in, he believes in, but you like his music and mm-hmm. you can respect him for that. Is that correct? Absolutely. So uh, I am like that also. I was very heavy punk rocker as a kid, but I never did any drugs, more of a straight edge. Uh, into a lot of things that ultimately I looked at as I enjoyed, but I never really lived any of that because I'm a, a you know, a, a nice little Mormon boy. So uh, Prince was an awkward time because he was with me from my the year I was getting ready to go to high school until college. He was hot during that whole time. So he's like a big part of my life. Mm. And when I first saw him, I just remember opening up an LA times and I had to go to my friend's house because orange County register is the conservative one. LA times is the liberal rag as my dad used to say. So I open up and I see his big picture of Prince on a motorcycle. And I'm like, this guy is the gayest dude I've ever seen. And, uh, my buddy's like, well, we're going to see his movie. So get ready for it. So we went and saw purple rain. And when I walked out, I thought, That guy is the awesomest stud I've ever met in my life, and he loves ladies, and I want to be Prince. But I never actually bought any of the gear. So 
Prince was crazy, man. You remember how androgynous everything was during that part of the eighties, you know, guys were looking like girls, mm-hmm. girls looking like guys. Mm-hmm. And, but the thing is when you walk in and you watch purple rain, which really changed me, you know, the party, like it's 1999 that I was like, Oh, that's a fun little pop hit, but I was a little punk skater punk. And that wasn't my thing. But when I saw him do the guitar solo on let's go crazy, I'm like, Oh, this guy's legit. Right. Like this, this isn't studio made this guy, something special is going on. Well, when I think of one of the most crossover albums ever, okay, stay with mm-hmm. me on this one. It's the Metallica oh, black album. They, they were speed metal, late 80s, uh, had a very specific fan base and kind of uh, brought about a new type of metal. They launch or they, they record, I think it was Rick Rubin that recorded um, the Black Album. Uh, I think they got a really great producer, came in and really didn't change their sound, but really thickened them up and, and made them a lot more appealing across all genres. And so my wife, as an example liked many songs on that. She wouldn't like mm-hmm. any of the other previous, you know, the, the songs on, on their earlier albums, but they really crossed over a ton. And Prince was like that in a, in the way that, that the like opposite. you said, you, but no, but you, you, a lot of different people loved Prince and they might go back to their punk or they might go back to their country or they might go, well, maybe not country, but they, Prince was an, was an artist that everybody really loved. Because just like that, you see the guitar solo and it's like, holy cow, this guy, he was an unbelievable musician and he had huge crossover appeal, which a lot of artists don't. And, yeah, and, 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 oh, go ahead. No, so I, so I think, I think it's really interesting because what you were into and the music you loved and what you followed, me as well at that time, everybody, I, I did have some buddies, I'd moved to Utah by then, I had some buddies that were, um, that liked country music and they liked Prince. We went and saw the movie. They liked Prince. They didn't come out there thinking, man, that guy dresses like a girl. They came out thinking, man, that guy is, he's amazing, which he was. And so I, I think that's, that's really interesting. Very similar to a David Bowie who had just huge mass appeal from a lot of different types of audiences. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I always use K-Rock or Live 105. Mm-hmm. In, uh, in beautiful downtown San Francisco or 91X in San Diego or X96 out there in uh, your part of right, the woods. Right. As if they're playing stuff that they're not normally playing, then they made the crossover. And Prince wasn't played on that until Purple Rain because hmm. it was just so great. And Metallica wasn't even played. They were always played right. on the Hessian stations right. is what we used to call them. And then all of a sudden you're driving listening to Live 105, K-Rock, 91X. And all of a sudden they're playing Metallica and now a bunch of you know, people that are into the cure are somehow now into Metallica too. Right. And right. Interesting. That's what Prince did. Marketing the, geniuses, uh, Jim. Marketing geniuses. Well, well, Rick Rubin's the king, you know. Yeah. Oh no, he, he, he is. always started off and, and also he uh Lincoln Park, he did a Lincoln Park album that has like six songs that are just perfect. And I'm not a Lincoln Park <laughs> guy, but he comes in, he touches it, and then magic comes. So Sad day because Prince is really though like like Bowie I loved but he was never I never felt like he was my guy because like yeah he was a, he years, was a 60s and 70s guy yeah, exactly my formative years of really like learning about stuff and the back what do they call it the uh, background music to your life mm-hmm. like Prince was always going on when I was at the beach walking around and just listening to radio it was Prince. 
And then when I was in college doing stuff and messing around, it was Prince always in the background. And then he just kind of got a little weird and, uh, but he still jammed out. So, well, did you go get your surfer buddies and form a circle out just beyond the break and, and put some purple, um, tulips, um, or tulips no, I've, uh, we, we drank a bunch of tur- purple drank, which is, uh, for the kids. And you know, I like to help the kids out with their drug use sure, around here. Sure. Here's what you do. You go get your mom or dad's cough syrup with stuff with the codon. <laughs> then you put a little seven up in it. Then to top it, a grape Jolly Rancher, like almost like ice. And then sit back and enjoy the syrup and enjoy life. You you know that a little too well, there, sir. <laughs> I know a lot of weird stuff. So so okay. Well, that was that was big news. The other big news was the NFL draft. We talked about Miles Jack falling to the second round. I don't think he even went to draft day the second day. Um, let's see what else happened. BYU had. Well, I don't Kofusi. think we officially talked about it, but I do enjoy that San Diego Chargers. The two guys I love more than anyone were Jack and Ramsey, mm-hmm. and they passed on both those guys. And Jacksonville got both of those guys. Hey, Jacksonville is going to be good. Uh, they, in, in Jacksonville right now, they're saying that Jack is back. I don't know if you knew that, but they are. <laughs> they're rolling, man. They're ready to uh, to make things happen in Jaguar country. So I've so, had kids come up and tell me that, and I don't know what that means. But here's what I do know: is that if you, uh, oh no, I, that's what I, did. I was just trying to choose the subject. What I do know is this: I was interested to find out. It's all done. Kaepernick's around. What's going on in the Comer household? What's the Forty Nine er mob? What's the word on the street with the Niners? Is it disastrous? Let's go for it. What's go, what's the feel? Because you got Chip Kelly, who I love, but it seems like there's still a lot of disarray. Well, you know, the interesting thing is there is a lot of disarray because, you know, when when your GM, some GMs make great moves most of the time, like Brian Sabian. He's a, he's a very good GM. I, I don't think you would argue with that. But some GMs have their type of moves that they make. And, and in my opinion, it's not necessarily a good thing. So Trent Baalke, there, it's always, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a Trent Baalke move, you can tell. Well... He's done nothing, at, at, in my opinion. You know, I mean, Harbaugh was 80% responsible for what happened with the Niners. As we see, Harbaugh leaves and half the team leaves and, and what they did last year. So I don't know if there's 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 definitely not like all this newfound optimism after the draft. I think there's so many questions. That, you know, they they tried to get rid of Kaepernick. Now they keep him. They pass on on some quarterbacks early, they get a defensive lineman to play with his former teammate from Oregon, their first round pick. You know, it's just, uh, it's a wait and see again. And, and I'm not very optimistic about, and I like Chip Kelly, but there's already been issues between him and the, and management. So no, I don't know. They had to know that was happening, right? For like, sure. For sure. I, I mean, you go to Vegas and there's odds up on the board in the sports book. And it said, Odds that Chip Kelly and management have issues. Not saying it's Chip Kelly's fault. I'm just saying odds that well, part of it's his. But yeah, but 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 he's you know a, the odds would have been genius. like the, the, you know the odds aren't like three to one. They're less than it's like five to two or yeah, or yeah, you exactly. Know. You have to pay money. <laughs> you have to pay money for it not to happen. So yeah, not not super optimistic. What about Raider Nation? How are they feeling? Oh, we're so freaking pumped! It is. I like just forget all these 500 baseball teams and let's just get down to, you know, give the Cubs their deal. They might not lose another game. 
And let's just sit back and get back to football because Raider Nation is so pumped. We 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 got almost every knee. There's one guy that we kind of wanted the defense alignment for Alabama that we didn't get, but other than that, it it's just. We're so happy right now. We're so happy with where it's going. I'm happy you're happy, and I'm happy that you're happy they're going to Vegas. That's going to be a lot of fun. And and happy that, that, you know, hope springs eternal in the spring. Get it? In the spring, hope springs eternal. Literally the spring. And it is the spring. They say April showers bring Raider championships. (laughs) And so that's what we're hoping right now. Well, let's switch gears a little bit then. Because right now... Um, going on as we speak, maybe they just got over, uh, the big 12 commissioners are gathered, huddled around a table, looking at the data that they had this research institution put together. Now, here's what they did when they decided, you know, it's kind of like this. When I was in Chile in 1988, Pinochet had been the dictator since 1973 and there were protests and all these guys saying things and the students and, the you know, a lot of crap going on. So he finally says, okay, we're going to have a vote to see if we should have a vote. Ooh, the vote before the vote. The I vote. So it was a see or no. Yes or no. That was it. That was the vote to see if we should have a vote. That's how dictators rule. That's how the guys right. with all the money rule. So they went and they had it and actually the yes is one. They had a vote, and he got knocked out of office and, and got charged with war crimes. But back- He couldn't figure out a way to rig the vote? That's no. a horrible dictator. Well, what happened was he lost the election, but then, then, then became the jefe del Estado Mayor, the chief of the higher state, the armed forces, head of the armed forces. So would you rather be the president of one of these countries or running the armed forces? If you're not both yeah. and have to pick one, you may as well pick the, the one that you have the most power with, and that's running the armed forces. But the Big 12 commissioners, you know, the Big 12, which has 10 teams, which almost lost two or four of their teams to the Pac-12, maybe it would have been Pac-16, um, they have to figure out, should we expand, even though they're, you know, everything is in decline as far as the Big 12 goes, comparing them to the SEC, comparing them to uh, um, some of the other conferences. So they had to go and, well, should we do what everyone else has done? Should we do what the Pac-12 did and added, you know, $100 million in revenue, TV revenue, whatever it was. You know, should we do the things, add a championship game that adds X amount of revenue, et cetera, et cetera. And so they have to do the research, the data first to decide if they should do it. So they hire this, this company. They go and they do 40,000 simulations of the Big 12 conference of having eight, uh, 10 teams, 12 teams, 16 40, teams. 40,000? 40,000 simulations. Um over and also, should they have the championship game? Work. No, 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 no. Twenty thousand never works. Didn't you? Did, didn't you have advanced math? You look at these Rasmussen pools, and they and they actually interview like one hundred and six people, and they can figure out what's going to happen in every election. <laughs> well, and they, these guys need forty thousand. They needed forty thousand simulations, and what they found, what what we think they found, based on some of the news that's leaking, was that that they need to expand. They need to expand, but the problem some people are saying is, well, there's only one great candidate. And I wouldn't even call them a great candidate. One good candidate, because there's some Cincinnati. baggage as well. No, one good candidate, which is BYU. And, and let me tell you, not great. Good, because there's baggage with BYU. There's challenges dealing with BYU. That's my school. That's our school. We love them. They're great. But there's challenges dealing with BYU. 
Cincinnati has emerged as as a good uh, team as well. But the problem is you're going east Eastern Standard Time with Cincinnati, Mountain Standard Time with with BYU. Now Eastern Standard Time they would you know they would then fit in good with the you know the Virginia they're school. They're not Central. You're sure they're Eastern? Um, they are Eastern. When you go to the Cincinnati airport, and this threw me off one time, it's actually Eastern Standard Time. Now, now you're in, you're across the border in Kentucky, so I'm just assuming that Cincinnati is Eastern Standard Time. And as some of the stuff that I was reading, they talked about the fact that they'd match up well with uh, West Virginia, I guess. But the the point kind of is, if they decide, okay, we're going to expand, now let's go and pick the top candidates. Now. You go to to Bleacher Report, and they say, look, just get it over with. BYU's the best choice. Cincinnati's the next best choice. Go with those two. It's done. They've been talking right. about BYU for years. You listen to Stuart Mandel on the podcast this morning. He's talking about the fact that BYU's the third best choice. Cincinnati's first, uh, Central Florida, which is kind of a joke, but they get into the Florida market. Central Florida right. is is the second BYU's a third. Now, he says the challenges with BYU, number one, is their Sunday play. Because if you look at it, BYU has an international fan base. BYU has a TV network that can be a positive or a negative, depending on what the Big 12 wants to do. BYU, out of all those schools, definitely has the best name, national name, out of Cincinnati, UConn, Houston, Memphis. Nothing against those schools. Uh, you know, tomorrow BYU's playing in the National Rugby Championship. They're playing in the, the National Championship game for volleyball as well. You know it. I'll be watching that one live, so, baby. So you got those two things going on. They have great Olympic sports. They have a 64,000-seat stadium. They were spring ball. They averaged, I think, ahead of about 80% of the all teams for spring ball attendance, the, you know, for the spring game. They had close, basketball. They got the Marriott Center. What are they, number two in the nation yeah, or something? Basketball, <laughs> you know, now it's like they put some new seating in, but now it's, I think, 20, maybe it's 21,000-seat arena. BYU brings those fans. They bring the people. The challenge is, number one, Sunday play with your Olympic sports. We've talked about that where, you know, baseball game teams are playing Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And that's if, if you have to go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you're going taking the athletes out of school one extra day. What I think they should do in baseball, as an example, is play Friday and then a doubleheader Saturday when you're playing against BYU. There's, a, you know, not, not a big deal. You don't have to change the scheduling. But I, I understand scheduling is an issue. Number two, I think BYU kind of blew it a little bit when this was happening a few years ago. And they went down there, and from what I understand, uh, maybe the attorney for BYU and some other guys involved uh, did not do a very good job of walking in and saying, hey, you know, we really want to be in this conference. How do we make it work? It was more like, you need us, you want us. Yeah, that's always, see, that's the issue with BYU right. in general. Right. People have always had the issue with, don't think you're better. You might be better, but don't say you're better. We're, we're in a society now where you're not allowed to brag. That's BYU's always had that we're better than you. And that's what happened to SC. SC was always, oh, go ahead, NCAA. We don't care. We're SC. We'll get away with it. And then they get a death penalty, basically, for doing one-sixteenth of what these other teams did and, you know, got a slap on the wrist. So uh, hopefully they can go back with a better attitude or at least send a new rep out there that's going to be like, hey, we need you. You need us. It's a combo. So definitely BYU kind of has this uh... – approach to things that can have that approach that, that we are better. And 
There, there are a lot of the, the thing is, there's a lot of great numbers that support the fact that BYU's, uh, BYU would be the number one candidate for expansion. Uh, if you took the religion out of BYU, which of course, um, the, you know, shuts down the school, uh, you know, they would, they were probably three or four times better candidate to go into the PAC 12 than Utah. And that's a fact. And I'm sorry, Utah friends and foes and enemies, which most of you are to this yeah, show. I dislike all of you. Mark likes all of you. I hate all of you. <laughs> but but it just, the, the you know, you had much better tradition. You have much better following nationally. You have much better uh, attendance. Um, and, and I don't like to get into the attendance thing. But, you know, you know even now, Utah Spring Game, they have seven, 8,000 people. That's great. Good, that's whatever. My, my point is, if you're really looking at it from a business point of view, you're expanding. They expanded the Pac-10 to the Pac-12 because it's all about business. It's all about making sure that you're, you know, that anticipatory management, everything that was happening in the climate of college football and college sports. BYU is a much better candidate than Utah um, when you, for, as far, and, as, and in their eyes, taking out, you know, the, the religious part of it, which is what, what held uh, BYU back from going to the Pac-12. Yeah, it was, it was a no-brainer that both of them would come, and one is 1A and one is 1B, and uh, Utah at the time was 1B. And if someone's like, well, look what we've done. We've beaten you the last four. Yeah, you've got a lot more money now. They've got a lot more different things that the Pac-12 gave them. But at the time, it really wasn't even a competition. Right. It's just, <clears throat> right. I mean, but you saw those Utah Ute players, by the way, go in the first and second and third. And, oh, wait, what? Someone finally went in the seventh round for Utah. So, mm. yeah, and he went to the Broncos, Utah. didn't he? Yeah, I wonder what DC uh, thinks about that. That's when you get really torn. You know, you just yeah. really so so. The the what's happening now is they're going to decide they're going to get back together late May, and ev- what everybody is saying is that they are going to expand. Now it's a matter of finding, um, you know, finding. So the there's two a sixty six percent chance that BYU will be on the big in the Big Twelve. I would say there's a good chance, and I would say that a lot of. Uh, of fans of that school north of here are not happy about that because that's one thing uh, that they have been holding over um, BYU now in the last five years is P5 conference and BYU's, a, you know, oh, you're just a nice little mid-major. Well, this this could be big. I think it could be very big for recruiting. I think the Big 12, uh, it fits. It's most of them, and, you know, before they expanded to West Virginia. But, you yeah, know, the Big 12's them, got a little bit of that wacky whack throwing the ball around thing yeah, they that BYU do. kind of brought to the table anyway. So it would be a good fit. Hopefully, you know, I've always just wanted them to go in for football, but I, I know they do want to bring in uh, football, basketball, and all the sports. But, uh, you know, that's all I really care about them is for football. Basketball, you can be anybody, and if you're good enough, you're for the most part, if you're good enough, you're going to make the uh, 62 teams or 64, 67. Well, 68 now, I think. But, you know, yeah. the, the thing is, and, and I like actually a lot of things about the West Coast Conference. I think their baseball is good. You know, you have uh, Pepperdine and USF and St. Mary's Gonzaga, and they, they've, they've had a lot of kids uh, drafted over the years. Um, but, you know, I think it's a, it's a little more of a challenge when you go and play, even though there are some top basketball programs, St. Mary's and and Gonzaga, Gonzaga has been a top fifteen team over the last, you know, uh, you know, ten years probably. But you go into those gyms and there's eighteen hundred people or no, it's fifteen hundred. Watch a Santa Clara game and it's like, right. oh, great. Here and you and you know, it. some of these kids, you know, you go to a Lone Peak game and there's two thousand people sold out. 
half the roster is Lone Peak kids, Lone Peak High School, for those of you that don't know. And that's that's a little bit, that's tough. But, you know, of course, I think Tom does a great job. They schedule some other big games and, and they do a lot of other things. But I think that would be uh, really interesting as you go start playing in the Big 12 arenas in basketball as well. So we'll have yeah, so to... Are they, are they going to do, like, are they going to have, before they, so they're going to vote in May to say, yes, we're going to let teams in, right? The, the vote before the vote, this will be the vote? But probably, and I think they've kind of already had that vote. I don't think they're picking teams in late May, but I think that's probably when it will be public. That Are they going to let those teams come in like they uh, did with the teams moving to L.A. and come in and say, this is why we would be a good fit and put together a program? Or is it going to be... I doubt it. Uh, we're just going to figure it out. Because... I, I think they're looking at numbers, and and uh, I don't think they. I think they know that any of the teams that are candidates would love to to come into the Big Twelve. You know, so I think I think you know now if if they say okay BYU is a great candidate, would let's get these guys in here and and talk about the TV network. Let's talk about some of the things that might be you know that might be sticking points or whatever. So we will uh, we'll see. But uh, now let's uh, you know we have a. a a quick pod today. Boy, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on in the sports world. Uh, we're not yeah. even going to really talk baseball. We have three mediocre teams tied for first in the National League West, while the Cubs are 21-6 and six and scoring about 500 more runs than they're giving up. So, right. Well, I thought the Nationals were like, okay, this will be a test for them. I think they beat the Nationals like uh, 16-6. Uh, a half point. They only got. Yeah. They actually gave a half point because it's so bad. <laughs> the, the Cubbies are for real, and their offense and D and pitching, you know, both is tops uh, or near the top in the league, and so they're going to be. But one it's going to be t- interesting when that curse hits. It's going to be. Awesome. Well, all you need to do, Giants, just get into the playoffs. You know, they they the Giants have been known to mow down the Phillies when they had Holiday and Cliff Lee. The Nationals, when they had that unbelievable uh, pitching staff, um, you know, I, and I don't like to bring that up. I'm not saying that to bring it up for bad. All right, let's talk you. about something else that's giant esque, but uh, because I, we don't need to talk about that. All right, so I think your answer a month ago is going to be different than the answer now. Lincecum is, as we speak, throwing 85 mile an hour fastballs in Phoenix with a bunch of dudes from all over the country looking to see if they would like to add him for a long reliever slash number five spot. Would you want Lincecum back? I would have Lincecum out there before PV and Kane. And I don't understand. What, what happened to Kane? Um, well, he's, <laughs> dude, he's never, he's just not back. He's, he, after that, his latest surgery, he's been injured repeatedly. And, and he had a great career. He was a great pitcher at one time. Uh, loved him. He just... I think he he's done, and the Giants need to accept the fact that he's probably not, uh, you know, he's not going to be pitching for him anymore. But they've to... been a guy that good that's gone that bad, that quick, and I know injuries were part of it, but I just don't remember. Usually, you get these guys, even like Casimir. You know, Casimir used to throw like ninety-seven miles mm-hmm. an hour, and now he throws you know ninety, and he's not great. But the last few years, he's been really good. And he just learned how to pitch, but I don't think Kane is a pitcher. I think he's a thrower, and I think that's what I mean because he is just getting raked. Yeah, like beyond anything, I've uh, Major League Baseball pitchers don't get hit that hard. He's, uh, you know, he's had his moments, and I think that's probably why they keep, uh, you know, they continue to um, 
say, okay, um, we're going to, you know, hope, hope, hope springs eternal. Right? Yeah, well, if his name was like Johnson, uh, Samuel Johnson, no one's heard of him. He wouldn't have made his third start. But with Kane, they're like, yeah. Oh. Well, yeah, By the that's way, true. good work on a name of the first guy to ever murder somebody. Good work on the Kane family for that one. Jeez. Okay. So, so, so your question is probably – uh, Lincecum, get him in there because I know that there's only you know 25 million kids that play baseball every year, and I know that there's no good other pitchers they could have been developing over the years. What's Hester exactly. doing? This kid threw a no hitter last year. Put him. Yeah, where is he? I I am just I don't I don't get it. And now I start to see all these guys coming up pitching. I've never even heard of them before, and I you know I follow the Giants somewhat uh, uh, somewhat in depth. So I I yeah. don't know, but you know I don't want to question uh, Boach. You know he's he's uh, he's got a big brain. You know he's he's, right. well, he's won a lot of championships. I think he's psyched out that that uh, that Roberts knows all his tricks. I think he. <laughs> it looks like he's just not in the game. He's just like all weirded out and stuff. Um, isn't it great though that both our teams are sucky? Oh, by the way, on Dodger front, it's just simple. Uh, seven blown saves lead wow. the league by like four. Seven. Wow. Blown saves. Well, that's not including games that were uh, tied. Those um, don't go as blown saves. So we've probably thrown at least ten games down the crapper because of our bullpen. Okay, so so it's simple for the Giants. Uh, don't give up more than thirteen runs in an or twelve runs in an inning, uh, yeah. twice in one week. Don't do that. That's that's a key. That's yeah, a huge I, I just key. think if you really want to win, you can't give up twelve runs in an inning. Maybe ten, maybe eight. Not. 12 or more, and that's what they're doing, okay? Yeah, and I know Giant fans, you get all excited because you beat the Dodgers a lot. Um, there's other teams in the division that you also have to play. No, nope, it's games. all about the Dodgers. You, no, there's you other prepare games. for, you play for, That's <laughs> what, and then everything else is just gravy if you happen to pull out a win against the sucky Rockies or get swept by the D-bags. So that's all right. Okay, so. You, got, you play 18 games against the Dodgers, and your record every year in the NL West is 16 and 49,000. <laughs> and 16 of those wins against the Dodgers and everyone else. I know. Just hey, just get him into, just get him into the playoffs. But uh, happy birthday, Willie Mays! I just had to throw that out there. Such yeah, a fine Willie player, and he's still he's still associated with the Giants very closely. One of the all-time uh, greats, and, and and I hope that Willie calls up Brian Sabian and says, "Look, get rid of Matt Kane. He was great. Get mid, get rid of Jake Peavy. He was great. He's a he's a gamer, but have him go be a gamer in the." in the beer leagues now, and uh, let's move on to, to uh, something else. Yeah, so, Kane had a good run. He got three rings. He was only really a part of one of them, but whatever. Yeah. No, he, well, he helped build the foundation. Don't ever take that away from Matthew G. Kane. Oh, I'll all take right? it away. I'll all right, let's, let's get into to our little email bag because I know we've got a few. Uh, as it gets, there's more and more every week, right? No mm. CalvySoCal at gmail.com, and there's more every week. And we, we just need to dive into it because we want to get at least pick our few of our favorites. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so I go in this one. This is a, a weird batch. So I've never in my life seen the Accidental Experience podcast get the same email from two different people. Hmm. And we got that this week. Wow. So, and one of them was dead. So this is like 
Uh, it's weird. All right. Oh, no, one of them isn't dead. I'm sorry. One, they're both alive. Hmm. <laughs> Talking about dead people. All right, so <laughs> two emails from two different people. All right. Hey, Jimmy boy, you forgot to mention in the last pod that with Prince and Bowie dying, I'm the last cool person in music still alive. Sincerely, Morrissey. Mm. All right. Then I got the same one right here. Hey, Jimmy boy, you forgot to mention in the last pod that with Prince and Bowie dying, I'm the last cool person in music still alive. Sincerely, lead singer of Smash Mouth. Mm. Well, I so, would definitely go with the with the second. I mean, he's right. He's an all star. <laughs> Now, you do not you do not want to acknowledge Morrissey being the last of the three because remember when you acknowledged Right. Okay, you know what I'm saying. Well, the right? good news is there's no chance Morrissey will die from AIDS or some weird other thing because he's just a straight like, Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's a steak and potatoes, yeah. meat and potatoes kind of guy. Yeah, he probably is a meat. Okay, go ahead. So, <laughs> let's move hey, on. Now. All right, so here's the next one. Uh, hey guys, love the show. Hope you had a chance to see Eli Apple's mom's tweet. Not even I could have written such an awesome mm. plot twist. Sincerely, M. Night Shyamalan. So, <laughs> of course, the great director of many plot sure. twist movies uh, found a tweet. I have that tweet. Okay, let's let's read uh, that tweet. Eli Apple, who was uh, drafted on draft day to the New York Giants. Here it is. Eli Apple's mom. Praying for all the thirsty girls sliding in new NFL rookies DMs with heavy booty and cleavage, cleavage action picks. Only Jesus can quench your thirst. All right. So, again, praying for all the thirsty girls mm-hmm. sliding in new NFL rookies DMs as direct messages with heavy booty and cleavage action picks. Only Jesus can quench your thirst. <laughs> So what do you think about that? She's right. Only Jesus can. <laughs> How she must have saw like Eli must have said, Mom, check out my phone, it's blowing up, my Twitter. And she must have just saw the craziest of, of stuff. I'm sure she did. I'm sure she did. And she actually it's funny because she had another tweet. I don't know if you saw the other tweet. Or or at least she okay. said something about uh about Eli um, and what he, you know, as far as the, the draft is going and what she said. So here's what she said. And this is classic. So I think you'll like, you'll like her even more. So she says, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, she said to Eli, Eli was offered Rolex watches and diamonds to wear every day. Um, or excuse me, to wear on draft day. I told him, dude, you're unemployed, you're an unemployed college dropout. You will not be on TV with a Rolex. So we decided if he needed to know what time it was, he could just look at his phone. I bought him a portable charger. <laughs> Don't if you we, love that, though? If we had more Eli Apple moms, I think uh, we would be in great shape. So bless her little heart for figuring it out, right? Bless her heart. That is that is absolutely awesome. And and as Mother Day is coming up in a couple of days, yes. we, we need more moms like that out there. That's for sure. I'm going to send out an Eli Apple's mom's tweet. All right. So here's one that was uh, from the Bay Area. So we, mm. then there's one more after that. So 
uh, says, uh, wait, why is Leicester City celebrating? They only won the regular season. Sincerely, all the backward-thinking San Fran Giants fans that don't understand the regular season pennant is the only thing that really counts. They just aren't soccer fans. They, they need to be Premier League soccer fans, don't they? Now, speaking of which, you saw the team that won the Premier League or whatever they call that over there? Yeah, Leicester City. Yeah. Did you know what their odds were? I do. What? You tell 5, me. 5,000 to 1. To 1. They said, it said, um, Obama has a better chance of joining the English uh, cricket team and make, making the national English cricket team. I mean, Kim Kardashian has a better chance of being elected president of the United States, though with the uh, obvious general IQ of, of the people that watch that show. No offense to any family members or friends that might. Right. <laughs> uh, that might happen, but uh, yeah, what was it? Nine thousand to one or five thousand to one? Did you say nine thousand? Five thousand. It's five thousand. Five thousand to one. Three years ago, they were relegated to I think the third division. Five thousand to one. That's unbelievable. Yeah, and, and the way they play and the way that they are winning. I don't know if you watch much, but they showed them about every other month on uh, NBC games. They they're like they're like the. Spurs slash Warriors, like the, they move the ball different than hmm. other premier teams. Hmm. Uh, a lot of quick passing. They run almost an offense because most of the time it's just like, make, here's what we're going to do soccer because we're so stupid, even though I enjoy it. We're going to just make like a half circle and then just kick the ball around right. for like three hours until somebody <laughs> scores. I think someone probably is like, hey, you know, there's other ways of scoring. Right. And that's the city went in there and dominated. And Kudos to Premier League for understanding the importance of the regular season. Mm. Yeah, okay. Unlike these stupid Americans. These stupid, fat uh, <laughs> Americans, lazy. Okay. Uh, here's the last one. I saw the Heat lost to the Raptors. Classic Heat. We, on the other hand, beat the Raptors quite easily. Sincerely cold. And then it says, boom, climate humor. So... <laughs> There you go. The cold beat the Raptors in real life, and now the Heat in basketball. Yeah, got it. Ice that Age. That's one. an Ice Age joke. It came strong from the cold, and you got to respect it. So, well, that, is that uh, is that it? Is that the wrap? Yeah, that's a, that's a wrap on all. Are you watching? Do you care at all about NBA? Um, very out. very little. I, I mean, I watched that game, uh, the Spurs and. OKC because Chase is a huge OKC fan and where they pushed um, a Ginobili. Uh, no, he's been an OKC fan for about five years now. I know, but I thought he's jumping on the Warriors. No, no. Too. I mean, hey, Warriors is, was my team growing up, and so they they respect the Warriors. But he's he's big time OKC. All right, and Good. so, so uh, he we he was pretty uh, pretty stoked about that game that uh, they kind of uh, uh, that was. So, that, are, do you care about all the craziness about? The dude Barbosa or whatever throwing the the guy was too close to him on the inbounds play and then he threw him back and do you well, care about any of that? I, I don't care. If I'm a Spurs fan, I probably do. And that it should have been a foul because if he's so close, the ref I guess is he too close? Then it's a foul on being too close. Yeah. Are you talking? To, oh yeah. Yeah. So so the ref should have made the call there and stopped it and said you got to call back. I don't know if it's a foul. I think it's where they stop and say, look, you can't. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, um, oh, I forget the term. It's a delay game, a delay of game. Penalty yeah, right. Until right. the last two minutes, the last two minutes, it's a technical. Oh, wow. So, so it could yeah, have been a technical. Call that. 
Yeah, so it should have been a tech, but then it should have been a push-off, but then they should have called a foul, the guy that was throwing it, that, that hit Durant. And ultimately, they got a look, and then they airballed it. So, yeah. fuck it, Spurs. Right, right. You know, San Antonio is not a great city. And for them to have any championships in anything, and meanwhile, beautiful Cleveland doesn't have anything, is sad. Mm, yeah, that's so. really sad. Really sad. All right, well, Jimmy Boy, listen. It's been great. You know, we got Big 12 news. We got Dodgers Giants. We got the draft. We've got NBA. I mean, this is a fine world we live in. You know, a nice shout out to all the fantastic mothers out there because this is a very special weekend. And, uh, you know, for all you do, moms, we love you. And, uh, you know, other than that, next week, you know, still still in the country next week. So we'll kind of, you know, be doing it around the same time. And we'll have a lot more to talk about because I know you're going to be even more excited about the Raiders because something will come up in the news over the next week about the Raiders in Vegas or about the Raiders in something. Is that is that right? Because this is the this Maybe. is the, it's like Wallaston used to say he would win his chan- his Super Bowl was the draft every year for the Rams. Right. That was the time that he got excited. So maybe spring is a time, but maybe this year will be a little different. Who knows? Hey, you know, the Rams uh, had the highest odds ever at 100 to 1. That's, wow. by the way, another way to show how crazy it was at least they won that freaking thing. 5,000 to 1. Well, we should have. Why didn't we put 100 bucks on Leicester, whatever their name is? <laughs> Leicester. Le- it's like Leicester. Okay. But then there's a little bit of a. Yeah, and so it's like Leicester. Okay. Lester. Okay, well, let's right. uh yeah, big odds we should have put 100 bucks on them. That's all. Yeah, rumors Tom Hanks put money down on it. If he did, good for him cuz he's struggling. Yeah, he, struggling. he needs it. <laughs> he needs it. All right, dude. Well, till next right. week. Thank you, Jimmy boy. Have a safe venture out of uh, wherever you are right now and yeah. uh Father Sunday night in the rain. All right. Have, have fun and until then, uh, we'll catch everyone on the flip side.